Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Laurie, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? Today's podcast is going to be about having a full life. It's going to be about sensitive dating, dating as a sensitive, living a full life. It's not just about business, moving into um, all arenas, all avenues, everything that you do, and just experiencing life to the fullest. As the way I described it on my Facebook page recently, it's like biting into a piece of watermelon. And it's so delicious and yummy, yet it's dripping down your face and it's quite messy, but you wouldn't want to miss it. And that is the way that I've been experiencing life lately. And I want to share that with all of you. And there's a reason I want to share it with all of you, because I think that it's really important, as uh, many of us have been probably isolating or hiding. If we're sensitive people, we tend to do things differently than other people. We tend to... Um, not go into crowds, not go to parties, not go to certain places. And that has to stop. Um, we're at a period now where we're being called out of the shadows, out of the darkness, out of the closets, out into the world. And I want to help you to navigate some of that because I know that that can be a challenging experience for some of you. But I also know that many of you are ready for this experience. You're really ready to have the kind of life that you've been dreaming about, that you've been wanting to have. And I do a thing called a day in the life and I've done it for quite some time and I, I teach it. It's a, there's actually a class on my website. If you go to marilynalauria.com forward slash class, I think it's live your best year life, live your best life. And it's this exercise called a day in the life. And in a day in the life, what you do is you write down a day in your life, possibly a year from now, you can date the page, the exact date, whatever day it is. Like for me, my days are different Monday through Friday is different than a Saturday and Sunday. So I usually have to pick a day of the week where I play it, do it. And you write it as if it's actually happening. So you really envision it. You, you put um, feeling in it, you put color in it, you make it very vivid and you write it out. And I stopped doing this a little while ago because I had noticed that there was a huge gap from what I was writing to where I was at. And I was like, what is going on with this gap? And I actually think I probably stopped doing this right before I decided to 10 X my life. And many of you know that I decided to 10X my life in 2022. And when I decided to 10X my life, I was very focused on my business, but there was also personal goals. So I'm going to backtrack a tiny bit. I'm a very goal-oriented person. Some people don't like goals. If you don't know your goals or your intentions, you're going to be walking around your life kind of aimlessly. You're not going to know really what you're meant to do or where you go or what kind of choices to make. You're going to get confused about, um, should I say yes to this thing? Should I say no to this thing? And it could really not be a healthy thing for you. So I am one of these believers that goals are super important. That That is the guiding post for you. But I don't do goals where I'm attached to the outcome. I do goals where I can surrender to the outcome. So I have enough faith and trust in my guides where I can say, okay, I'm going to set all these goals and everything, and then I'm going to work every day towards those goals. But I also know that the universe guides, whatever you want to believe in, has something even greater for me, something great high, for my highest good. And it's even better than I can even imagine because I'm working with my perspective of my experiences up until this point. The universe has a much broader consciousness and perspective than I do. So I'm going to surrender to you and I'm going to trust what I'm feeling and making choices and moving down the path. And I'm going to trust that the universe is going to bring me something even greater than I imagine. And it works, it usually works. So as you all know, in 2022, my business kind of fell apart, but I, it was purposeful. You know, I was very 
um, intentional in what I was choosing to do. I was choosing to shift my team up. My team was shifting too. They were choosing to shift. I was um, not wanting to sell certain programs. I was starting new programs. Next Level Living was born. And I. it was a very wonky, scary time because revenue streams that I had depended on for 10 or so years, even longer, I've been in business for almost 18 years, I think now, but my membership program was like 10 years. So revenue streams were really shifting and there was nothing I could do about it. I didn't allow the energetics of the revenue stream to drive my emotional experience of my, what I wanted in my life. I really stayed true to myself. And that's part of this, right? We're going to talk about surrender and safety and being true to yourself. So going into 2023, at the end of 2022, I was like, okay, I'm going to 20X now. And I didn't know what it, I never know what it means when I say these things. Cause if you know what it means, you probably would go, Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. You'd back up a little bit from it. Right. Cause, cause if I knew like everything was going to kind of just blow up and dissolve in 2022, I may have been more apprehensive definitely in making that decision. So then I was like, I, I really like this. I like how I'm responding to myself and I'm being honest with myself and I, I'm moving forward. So I'm going to now 20X my life. And I didn't know what it meant, but I just like, okay, I'm going to 20X it now. Let's, let's do it. So I always write goals. Um, I have a 10X class that we're going to start promoting soon. And it might be on my website by the time you go there, or you could just, uh, if you're on my newsletter, opt into my newsletter. It's a really good class. I did it earlier this year in 2023. And uh, it's a evergreen class, so you can listen to it whenever. But anyway, I write down uh, yearly goals. And then I write down uh, quarterly goals because I work on a quarter-based system. And then I break down the yearly goals. Like which, when you write down your yearly goals, you decide like which quarter they're going to be done. For me, it's every quarter. Even if goal, uh, maybe it's a business goal, is the priority of that particular quarter, the personal goal is still like swimming around in my awareness, right? So it's still like hanging out like a little tadpole, swimming around saying, okay, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. And I really witnessed this experience this year. This is why I can tell you there was a little tadpole, but a couple of few tadpoles back there, just like ready to be frogs and leap. And I go every month, pretty much every month, I review my goals and quarterly, I do a whole big review and writing of what I'm going to focus on that quarter. I'm going to say this, like a lot of times I rarely meet the result, especially if it's a financial result or a business result. I'm going to say rarely because I meet a majority of it. I And that's because of the intentions. That's why I'm able to surrender because if, say, I wanted to sell, i um, just going to throw out a random number, 50 NLLs, uh, next level, people into next level living, and I got five, I wouldn't be upset because there's movement. And I noticed that I, I dialed in the sales system. I dialed in the marketing system. Okay, this thing needs to be tweaked. That needs to be tweaked. I need to hire this person. So there's different components to it. And as long as I'm still working the components, I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. So that's the quarterly system. So going up through my goals, they weren't only business. There's adventure in there and there's dating in there and there's relationships and there's friendships and there's my home and there's other goals in there because I feel like it's really, really important to live a well-rounded life. A lot of times people hear me talk about business, which I am all for business. I believe in business. I like business. I believe us living our mission business. I don't 
you know, somebody was um, commenting on Alex Hermosi's uh, post, like it was a few weeks ago. And he was saying how he refuses, I can't remember the whole thing, but he refuses to work Saturday and Sundays and all this stuff. And I was like, well, my work doesn't feel like work. So I go and play tennis and then I come home and I might work for a couple hours because I really enjoy what I do. I love it. It's part of my life. And that is a true statement, a very true statement. So you want to have, whether you want to build a career or not build a career, if you have a career, you want to have a career that is really a lifestyle experience. Like it's like, this is, I love this. I don't mind doing this. And then there's Saturday and Sundays where I don't work at all. You know, there's many times where I don't work weekends and I'm very clear about that. So going, moving the story along, um, working on all my goals, I started noticing, I believe it was after the second quarter, heading into the third quarter, that without me even being aware of it, I was very focused on my business goals. My personal goals were starting to get achieved, become get achieved, whatever the proper grammar is for that. And I was like, this is fascinating because I'm not really focused on this, but yet I am. I must be because it's in my intentions. I'm writing it. Any successful person you talk to or you listen to is going to tell you they write their goals. Some of them write them every single day. Some write them three times a day because they're in their consciousness. They're in their intentions. They're making decisions based on their goals, even if they're not working on it. I always teach the stove technique, right? Like if you have a four burner stove, not everything is on high flame. You know, one might be simmering in the back. One might be cold, waiting for the vegetables to be added. The other thing might be boiling, about to boil over. And mine might be simmering, about to boil. And that's kind of how we operate in our life with our, with our intentions, our goals, our experience, what we want. So I started noticing this and I was like, wow, this is really interesting that this is happening. And I like it. I like it a lot. And I also started noticing that I was starting, that I was becoming settled in Marin. Like I was no longer um, feeling the urge to have to move right away. Like I wasn't feeling like, oh my goodness, I have to do this now. My stomach just growled. So that mic might've picked it up and it might've sounded really weird, but it was my stomach. Um, I'm hungry. I'm realizing I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so that was kind of fun to witness. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And I'm getting really great tennis people was on my list. This is what I'm saying, why it's great to write goals, because I totally forgot about that. That was in the back of my head, but I took, I did something like spirit was like, go and find new tennis people to play with. And I did. And I found this tennis group that I absolutely love that I'm there every Saturday morning playing with them. And that has broadened my circle. Plus I already have tennis people that I really like, and I'm becoming more fr friendly with them, becoming friends with them. It was actually on the court. Um, it's probably like two or three months ago. And somebody had asked me about my move and I said, well, I'm not so sure about it now. And they were like, why? And this woman that I know who I really like, she's an author. She said, cause she's making friends now. And I was like, that's right. I am. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that those goals were being taken care of without me even focusing on them. But because they're in my consciousness, they're in my intentions, they're in my um, everyday existence, they start getting worked on. And that's why I really want to say to you, do goals, work on them, know them in your body, in your physical being, in your consciousness, and things will come to fruition without you even realizing it. All of a sudden things will happen. 
So moving the story along, um, feel like next level living is my heart and it's, we have people in next level living that are building a business, have a business. And then we have people in there that are just want a fuller life, but most everyone wants both, right? They want a fuller life. They want a fuller experiences. And then some want a business as well. And I really feel that that program speaks to all of that because we're not focusing on metrics on send this email out and how many people opened it and what's your percentages on your email list. We're focusing on honing in the souls of every single person, right? What is best for you? What is uh, what are your initial, what are your gifts? How do you grow your gifts? How do you expand who you are? How do you become more um, a, a truthful representation of yourself, an honest representation? more organic authenticity. And what I mean by that is for me, I'm going to speak in my terms because I usually tell stories based on myself. There's always a layering effect of when I'm answering a question, not with things that I'm very comfortable with, that I know that her are like the back of my hands questions, more like when I'm venturing into new territory and something presents itself and like a date, if you haven't dated in a while, right? Speaking from experience. And then you start going through the layers of yourself. Is this a past experience? Is this a baggage thing? Is this because Sally May, we all know I like the Southern names. I don't even know if Sally May's Southern. Sally May told me that I should be going online dating and doing this or whatever the story is, that, or I got to give him a chance. He just asked me to breakfast and, and I should be more outgoing. You know, you go through these shoulds. And the part of Next Level Living, what Next Level Living does, it gets you clear. Like, no, I'm not an online dater. But if you're not an online dater, you need to know where you need to go if you want relationship to make that happen. Or, and I'm going to tell you exact stories about these things. I don't need to go to breakfast with that person just because I think I'm supposed to go because there's some voice in my head saying, that's what you're supposed to do. Do I really want to sit across from this person at breakfast? No, I don't. And so I feel like Next Level Living helps you get clear on who you are so that you can respond organically and therefore life starts mirroring back what really resonates with your soul, with your highest being, with your higher self, with, with who you are. And I've only started recognizing this this past month or so because my whole world is opening up and my whole world opened up when Micah passed. So when Micah came into my life over 10 years ago, I had, right before he came into my life, I bought a house. I was in a tremendous amount of fear because I bought this house that was like a wreck. I had to take it down to the studs. It had mold. Tiles were just falling. You know, windows were cracked. It was just a nightmare. Talk about crying every single day. And I, I took it down to the studs and I uh, designed this beautiful, beautiful house. Absolutely stunning. I had help from guides and angels and architects and contractors and everything. And, um, but I was, when I moved into the house, I was still in an incredible amount of fear because now I was in an incredible amount of debt because I had to fix this house up. And then there's a whole story about that. I've shared on this podcast about how I got out of the debt in like three months because of my guides telling me what to do. And it was pretty magical and amazing. But as I was living in this house, I remember having a very vivid moment. I was 45. It was my first house. And I remember sitting in this kitchen. I had this stunning kitchen, 
open to a dining room, open concept. And I was in my beautiful kitchen looking at this beautiful dining room table that I bought from Pottery Barn. And I went, what did I do? How did I get here? How did I get to a place where I'm 45 and I don't have a family sitting around that table? And it was a very, one of, you know, those moments in your life where you kind of wake up to a new consciousness, a new way of being. And I can tell you today that I understand why, like, I don't want kids. I'm glad I didn't have kids. I think kids are amazing. I'm great with them, but I'm super glad that I did not have kids because it would have not been good for me or the kids, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I had a moment at 26, no, 31, 32 years old. I can't remember the exact age when my college boyfriend came into my life again, he um, came into Manhattan to see me, basically professed uh, his feelings towards me. And I could see like right there, like I was the one apparently that got away and he wanted to marry me. And I was like, oh shit, I do not want this. I do not want this. And it freaked me out so much. And I realized, oh my goodness, I can't have kids because I will not be able to, I'm, I'm a mess. And I I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I went into serious therapy. So I must've been around actually younger than that. I must've been around 29 or 28 because I went into serious therapy around, might've been 26, might've been 26, doesn't matter. Anyway, moving the story along. So I know at this age where I'm at right now, it was a really good choice for me not to have children, but still I was sitting there looking at this house, this beautiful house and um, recognizing like I worked my whole life. What did I do? So, and I had tons of friends in LA. So I started opening my doors to parties and I'm having parties at my house and dinner parties. And I opened the door to men and it'd been a while. So many of us sensitive beings, we, and I know a lot of you are going to relate to this and we find it shameful to talk about how long it's been since we've dated. We're like afraid to say it. And during that period, it had been, I don't know, might've been eight or nine years. I'm not really sure. And of course I dated some guys and I made out with guys. I had that MO where I'd have a couple of drinks and make out with someone, you know, that was my, my thing. I was a wild girl, man, at times. And um, wasn't the type that slept around a lot. That really wasn't my thing, but I definitely would be kissed, making out with somebody in the corner of the bar, like for sure. And then the next morning, like, oh, what did I do? Why did I do that? But so at this point, I made a conscious decision to open the door to love. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for love. I'm going to open the door to love. And I opened the door and holy shit, riffraff, shenanigans, crazy shit just entered in. And there was a lot of sexual energy going on. It was like I said, I'm like, I was like bewitched on a lot of vodka, twinkling my nose and just wreaking havoc everywhere I went. And uh, one guy in particular came in and there was this incredible sexual attraction between us, this incredible attraction. And I allowed him in and I knew the red flags were there. The red flags were there. They were there. They were there. They were there. And I was trying to convince myself otherwise, you know, cause I was like, this is it. I'm ready. You know, I have a home now and I have a business and he's perfect. And we get into these long, deep conversations and, oh, let's ignore the assistant that he's probably sleeping with or the bullshit that he does and says, um, but that's fine. Let, you know, let him in. And, uh, it became quite, we hooked up, it became quite clear, quite fast that I wasn't going down this road, that this was not somebody I was going to travel down with it. I'm going to tell you this. I don't think I've ever told this story. 
we had a night where we were talking out in my backyard till like four in the morning. You know, those kinds of guys where you just sit there for hours and you're just talking and, um, and drinking wine. And it's like, you know, you have these really like, it was great. We had some good conversations. He's not a bad person. Although I don't appreciate how he uh, operated. Um, and he told me his story and he was the exact replica of my ex that I was living with before I moved out of New York, who asked me to marry him. And I, I said, no, the exact story. If, if that's not a red flag enough to get the F out of Dodge, I don't know what is. But remember, I was coming from this vulnerable place of, you know, I should be married. I have a house now. All my MTV friends are coming over and they're married and they have kids and we've grown up together. And what's wrong with me? I must be broken. There's something wrong with me. And so moving the story along, it became very clear to me that this was unhealthy. And I'm very proud of myself. I cut it off. I cut it off. He was like, still wanted to be friends. And I'm like, I don't want to curse anymore. I was like, F you and friends. I'm not doing that. I have too much self-respect for myself. You go do your thing. Go figure your stuff out. Go have fun. You're not coming anywhere near this. So I ended that, continued to have some fun as I was trying to figure all this energy out inside of me. And I was, I was hurt. And some of it was this attachment to, to what I thought it was supposed to be. Um, but I was very proud of myself for taking care of myself and saying, no way, I'm not doing this. Um, and I cut it off. And then I started closing that door again. I was like, I'm shutting this door because there was a lot of riffraff that came in. There was, there was another guy. I was like, I think he has a girlfriend. I'm pretty sure he has a girlfriend. And I ran into him like a month after we were dating or whatever we were doing. Let's just put it that way. And I knew it. I knew it intuitively. And he was like, oh, I'm having a baby. I'm like, what the? Like, it was crazy. So being a sensitive person who's already got some wounds in the romance field, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And I made a decision for it, to it, to do be done. And I ended up adopting Micah, right? And getting Micah. And when Micah came into my life, Micah just filled my heart. He was just full of love absolute love from day one. He filled both Venus in my heart and we became a family right away, the three of us. So I moved out of LA. I moved into um, Marin and I moved someplace, as you all know, those of you who've been listening to me where I didn't know a soul. And I came here and I thought, this is good. I'm getting out of LA because I don't like the dating scene because things were still going on and stuff like that. I didn't shut down completely. Um, but I was like, mm, I just don't like it here. I'm so tired of the Hollywood scene. Everybody I was surrounded with was in the business. Cause I used to be in the business and I was still attached to the business cause I was being shopped around for my own show. So everybody I knew was in LA. You could not go to a dinner party without sitting next to someone who was an executive or this famous person's mother or that, or this, you know, and it was like, just really getting tiring for me to be around that kind of feeling. And I was like, I just, I just want to be out of this. So when I moved to Marin, I was still kind of open, like, okay, I'm going to move to Marin. I'm going to meet new people. It's going to be a different experience. It's not going to be like this Hollywood thing that I'm constantly around and I'm going to meet real people and, you know, maybe, you know, fall in love here and stuff like that and see what happens. And uh, one of the guys, one of the houses I was going to buy, I met the owner, right? This guy. And I decided not to buy his house, but we stayed in touch because he was like a contractor type of guy. And I was asking his opinion 
about certain people, like who could do my floors, who could do certain things. And then he wrote me a text. He must have been drunk. I don't know. And it was like, why don't we do some love? I can't remember the exact words, but that's what it was. Like, why don't we do some love? Because I can feel some like love going on between us. And I'm like, really? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. So it, it was funny and fun and flattering, very flattering. And uh, but I said no to that. And this, it was, this guy was like, couldn't even afford his, I don't even want to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to leave that. Maybe I'll go more into dating stories down the line. So I became very um, independent and more independent than I already was. I'm like super independent and was really enjoying my alone time. And I recognized that I moved to Marin just recently. I've recognized this to really just take care of myself first. I didn't want any obligations in a business of my type, my type of business, I, for the longest time, felt very obligated to other people. That's why I love Next Level Living because I'm not obligated to them. They they are so magical and amazing and doing their thing. And I'm there to support them the whole way, but they are very independent. And it's a really good uh, thing for me because I can get overly invested in somebody's results or how they're doing or wanting them to do better, wanting them to have a better life because I'm able to see their soul where they're meant to go right? I'm able to see their gifts. I'm able to see their expansion. And if they're not living in alignment with that expansion, when I was in membership for soul, I had like over 400 people and I was still like, kind of like, who's, how's everybody doing? What's everybody doing? It's exhausting. Right? So when I came here, I was like, I don't have to go anywhere for holidays. I don't have to talk to anybody. I can play tennis, do my own thing and hike in the woods with my dogs. And it was perfect. It's what I needed. And then that started shifting and changing. And I was like, you know, I need a little bit more. I need, uh, I need friends. I want to start having friends in close proximity. I have a ton of friends, but they're all like spread out in different places. And I want to see where, like what I need in my life. And I went to Vancouver, actually, Washington, to see if I wanted to move up there to be closer to my cousin, who's great. Love my cousin, super sweet, great person. And I thought maybe living closer to her would be good for me because living in Marin, when things went down or things went wrong, I didn't have anybody to turn to. I had to turn to myself. And it was very difficult at moments because if there was like an emergency thing with the dogs, it was just me having to deal with it. Or if I lost Micah in the woods, it was just me dealing with it. So it was a very anxious moments where I didn't have anybody to call and have anybody to lean, to, lean on. And that was very scary for some periods in my life. There was the time when I talked about this, I was so sick. I couldn't even get off the bed. So sick. And I had nobody to come help me. And those types of moments are very um, scary in a way. And you think about your life, like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be somebody who can't lean on someone to help me or ask somebody to help me. And I'm not really sure what fully was going on in that period, except that I was learning how to depend on myself in a whole other way and also learn that I didn't need to just depend on myself. So I went up to Vancouver and I thought, okay, I'll move to Washington and be near my cousin and uh, this will be great. And when I went up there, I was like, mm, this isn't it. It's not it. I love Washington state. I think it's more Seattle area, but I don't think this is it. So I came home kind of like, now what? Now what do I do? Like that was going to be the the decision. And 
through the experiences being here with Micah, which a lot of you know the stories, um, I started just, my neighbors, like we started gelling more. I started gelling more with people on the tennis court. Now, many of you could say, well, that's you, Marilyn, but I can honestly tell you that I moved into Marin with all expectations of making friends. I have never, ever gone any place where I don't make friends. It's it would be it's so unusual for me. I took a writing class in LA where they were all a bunch of bitches, but that's like it. Like everywhere I go, I I make a friend and they become part of my 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 friends. I have friends through all iterations of my life to this day. So I never came here with any other expectation but making friends and um, having partnerships. So when I had these really abrupt experiences with people where one therapist I was talking to, she was hilarious. I wish I recorded the call. I'd be like, yeah, I was on the tennis court and I found out my ex-boyfriend died. And I like sat down on the bench and just started crying and nobody said a word. And she's like, that's just rude. That's just rude behavior. It was hilarious. And then I would tell her another story of something that happened here. And she's like, it's just rude. What are, what's wrong with these people? They just sound so rude. And I was like, man, I love you. You're fucking hysterical. Oop, cursed. So I'm not sure what fully shifted. A more of a softness in me because through my um, interviewing, you guys are getting a mishmash today. Through in my interviewing a therapist, a few therapists said to me, well, okay, so the first therapist, one of the first therapists, so the first therapist I went to for EMDR, I'd been looking for therapists for a long, long time. And I've been talking about like romantic relationships. Why aren't I opening up to it? And I want to figure out what's going on. And there's something going on with me. I'll tell you another reason why I don't share about my romantic relationships. I'll tell you that real quick. Usually I don't share about it because I treat my clients and my students like a therapist. And I've been asked out by clients and students before, and I've had to say no. And I didn't So I'd never want anybody to know really my status so that that wouldn't happen. And the other time was, I, this happened a couple of times, I was reading a couple, I was working with a couple and working, helping them to um, get along. And the woman was paying for the sessions and there was one session they came, there was might've been the third or fourth session they came to me and they're sitting across from me and I was doing some intuitive readings with them. And after they left, the guy called me and asked me out on a date. And I was like, what? No. Are you crazy? This poor girl is paying for these sessions, trying to work out this relationship with you. And you're asking me out on a date. And so that's why I've never really come out fully and shared about that part of my life because I treat it. I treat all my students and clients as if it's a therapist and I don't create friendships with them. Next level living is a little bit different now because it's a different level. So when I was looking at different people, I would ask them like, okay, so I want to work on this area of my life, this romantic area of my life. And one woman who I really used to work with years ago, she's like, I think you need to go to Al-Anon. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, cause you know, it really helped me. And she was in a loving relationship. So I think she didn't understand this part. And she's like, you know, the people are great and we've made such good friends and stuff like that. And I was like, I just don't feel like I was affected by my father's drinking he was gone like when I was very young and then he stopped drinking. So I just don't feel a resonance with that, but I've heard amazing things about Al-Anon. I have nothing against Al-Anon. 
And I looked into it a little bit and I was like, this just doesn't feel like this is the answer. And then the EMDR therapist was like, I don't think you want a relationship. And I'm like, I don't need a relationship. That's what's happening. I'm very good. I am looking for someone to share my life with in a beautiful way, but not someone to complete me. I don't need to be completed. Like I'm, I'm good. So that didn't work. And then the next therapist I went to, she was like, well, I, I'm going to curse now. She's like, I think you need to go out and fuck a Greek guy. That's literally what she said to me. <laughs> Why a Greek guy? I don't know. Go out and fuck a Greek guy. And I was like, okay, this is very interesting therapy. And then she said to me at another session, I, and I stayed with it because I was like, she's kind of creative, kind of out of the box. It's very hard for me to find a therapist that could work at my level. And, um, and, and you may feel the same way. Like, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. It's just, I've done a ton of work on myself. I've been working on myself. I've been in therapy since I was 26, 27 years old. Um, hold on. So a lot of times I don't need to do the inventory of my past as much as other people who are just beginning therapy. And, uh, then she was saying, you know, I just think you go on. I swear this is the way she said it. I think you go on the tennis court and you just go there and you're just in people's faces and you're just like really like going in with that kind of angry energy. Like basically that's how she said it to me. I said, no, really, I don't. I'm very nice to people. But if you get into my face, yeah, you're going to you're going to see my personality. I definitely have a strong personality, but I'm I'm, I'm usually talking to people and asking them questions. And and I don't I am a strong personality for sure. Hands down, I am a strong personality, but I'm not in people's faces in a mean way. So the way she said it, I was like, I, I don't, this therapist doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. I need to get away from her. And I remember calling um, John and another friend, Tracy, and then I just ended that relationship. So then I continued the quest of looking for a therapist because I'm like, this is an area I want to work on. I want to see what's going on. And I spoke to another therapist who I was thinking of hiring. And she said, I, it sounds to me like you need some softness. And I was like, mm, second time I've heard that, better pay attention, better pay attention. And I decided not to go to her because she was, which I've shared before. It was a little like the, you know, it's this theory, it's that theory. And I hate boxes. I really do. I don't do well in boxes. And this one other therapist, this person recommended two therapists. They both seemed great. And I was going to other therapists in between, sprinkled in, talking to people, having sessions with everyone, trying to find somebody to help me with this. And I was interviewing other therapists too. So I was on a quest, man. And um, during this, so this person, I knew, I was like, there's somebody in Fairfax I need to ask. There's somebody in Fairfax. My spirit guides were telling me. And then this woman crossed my path on my Facebook page who is a, in therapy school and lives in Fairfax. And I went, I got to ask her. And she was the one who gave me these two therapists. The one that said, I feel like you need some softness. And then I wanted to interview the other one and I talked with her and I liked her a lot. I liked both of them. They were great. Many of the therapists I met were great. And she said the same thing. I think you need some, I think there's some softness. There's some feminine energy you need to come into. And I said, this, there's some truth here because you hear it three times. There's some truth here. It wasn't, you're angry getting on the tennis court and go fuck a Greek guy. It was, you need some softness. So I started seeing, before I started seeing her, Micah passed. And it was a devastating loss for me. I'm not going to lie. I've lost animals before. And there was a moment where I was literally sitting on the kitchen floor, crying my eyes out to my friend Benita, who was just one of the most beautiful souls I know. And I said to her, 
I don't know how I'm going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to go on without his love. And she knew enough that I wasn't going to do anything, but that's how devastated I was. And I never had that experience, right? Where I've lost people. And I felt that in the moment, I felt the absence of that love in my life. And I knew also in that absence, there was a great invitation for an opening, for an expansion. And the next day I had an appointment with one of the therapists, not the, the two that I'm talking about, another one. And it was okay, the session, but it was more about her and the greatness that she's done than about me. And it didn't feel right. And that's when I really pursued the other therapist. I was like, cause she wasn't getting my emails or something. So I texted the friend and the person I know in Fairfax, she's not a friend. And I said, I don't think I'm not hearing from her. Can you reach out to her for me? And I got a text right away. And she said, she's been trying to reach you too. And we booked a call. And that's when actually I'm remembering this whole story. Now I started you know, this new tennis group that my guides told me to go to. There's a lot of male energy. I love men because I grew up with three older brothers, even though they were horrors at times. I love being around men and um, I'm, I can't help it. I, I, when they're single, I will flirt. I will sometimes. So the coach is funny. Um, and there were just these other men there. And I believe I brought Venus that day. And that was the day when things opened up. So I brought Venus to the court. It was a week after Micah passed because the first Saturday after he passed, I was, couldn't go anywhere. And then it was a week after and that was when one guy came on the court that I kind of knew and I thought he was kind of angry, but he wasn't. He came right over to Venus and he's hugging Venus. And I'm like, oh, who's this? So my eyes started opening. My heart started opening. And I started to get to know him. So I started asking him questions, like to get to know him. And um, we had a flirtation. We started like playing tennis together. And um, oh, before this, before Micah passed, there was another guy who was asked me out for breakfast. That's the breakfast story. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to go to breakfast. And then I got my car and I was like, should I have gone? Should I have been open? And I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't, there's something about him. I don't like, and I don't want to sit in at breakfast with him. And he's been really annoying to be honest with you. Um, constantly asking me, let's go to breakfast. Let's go hiking. I really, if you really want to feel good about yourself, I would say get on a court with people that are older than you, <laughs> get on a tennis court, because it's flattering as all fuck. There's my curse. I'm not going to lie. It's very nice. Not him. He annoys me. Um, and I'm actually, this is one of the reasons why I'm trying to stop cursing. So I'm going to move the story along because we're already 38 minutes in. Holy shit. So the other guy, the tennis guy, I started um, inviting him to Friday night tennis. And then he was like, let's go for drinks. And I made my friend go with me. And I don't drink right now. And um, so we sat and talked and I got to know him more. And I was like, wow, we have a lot in common. And there's an attraction here for sure. And both are, he already told me, he Googled me. He's like, when he found out my age, he's like, really? And um, he was, you know, fishing for information. Even though if you go to Google, you'll find some things about me. And I was like, oh, this, there's something here. I don't know. And I was talking to my friend about it. And I was like, I'm going to see, I'm going to check this thing out. And then the next week I went to tennis and he was there and he said, do you want to get something to eat? And I said, no. And I was walking out of the park and the other guy who annoys the crap out of me is following me out and going, we got, I want to go hiking. I want to go hiking where you go hiking. You know, I want to hike near your house. And I was like, no, no. 
go hike by yourself. I need to deal with my dog. My dog's having surgery. I have to deal with my dog. And it, it, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just one of those moments. And I'm in the park. So he leaves my side. I'm trying, I won't give them names. And I go to the other guy because I wanted to ask him something. And I'm talking to him, the guy that I had the attraction with. And in my head, I'm like, I really should go to breakfast with him. And, um, and then the other guy, the hiking guy calls, starts, he's like, Marilyn, I did it. And he comes over and I have these two men, older gentlemen talking to me. I'm like, wow, this is like interesting. I, I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. It's okay. And um, they're both talking to me and everything. And I'm like, this is fascinating. And, and I leave and I go and I take care of Venus. And, uh, and then I think it was the next Saturday. I can't remember the timelines because I don't remember time. And this guy that I was attracted to asked me to breakfast. And I said, no. And then I followed him to his car and I said, you know what? Let's go to breakfast. I'm going to go to breakfast with you. I was a little scared. Um, I also recognized like we play tennis together and I don't want to ruin that group because I love that group so much. But I was like, just go, just go. So I went to breakfast with him. We had a very lovely breakfast. And I realized in that moment, I like also like to sit back and observe. So what I do is now when I'm dating is I sit back and I observe the behavior. I've met different guys in Marin and I've had that chemical attraction, but I sit back and I observe and I watch them. And thank goodness I did it with two, especially one was a drug addict. The other one was an alcoholic. So I'm like, not doing that. This one is a very nice guy. Extremely nice. We'll be friends with him. But as I was sitting there with, at breakfast with him, I realized, no, this is not a match. It's just not a good match. And so I just pocketed those feelings are gone. They're done. And, um, but we're friendly, you know, I, he texted me the other day and, uh, he's a really, really nice guy. So I could see being friends with him totally. So now it's opening up and I'm not ready to share another story, but something else happened immediately after that. And it was like one of those moments where you go into a room and the person enters the room and there's just this electricity happening. And it was fascinating fascinating to me. And there's more to that story that I've yet to reveal. But what I've recognized is I'm definitely leading with more softness. I'm definitely leading with open-hearted energy. I'm definitely leading with res readiness. And one of the biggest things, so as this was all going on, I was talking to my therapist and um, my new therapist I really like. And I said to her, I was telling her the story and she's like, well, I want you to ask him out at the end, very end of the session, five minutes left. <laughs> she's like, you need to go ask him out. And I'm like, I can't because it's going to, you know, we, I've got to do this thing with him and it's going to be uncomfortable. And, and she's like, I'm just putting it out there. So then a day later, I guess I'm getting into some of the story. Uh, there was a text exchange about something and I put in there that I play tennis and then something came back about tennis and I'm like, Oh, there's my in. And I just went for it. And I'm very proud of myself for going for it. And it was received and is there's some questions, but we'll leave it at that for now. But the whole thing with this is what my therapist taught me. She, Cause she, we talked about like, you know, um, what's the safety? Are you ever really safe? And she's like, you're never really fully safe because things happen. He, this person may break your heart. You may break their heart. They may die. You may die. Things happen. The only thing you know for sure is that you have your own back. You're there for yourself. You're, you've got you. And I went, yes, that's it. That's why I moved to Marin. I moved to Marin because I knew that 
I put myself first. I just told somebody that two weeks ago. I just said to someone, I understand why I came here. I needed no obligations. I was talking to a good friend of mine who was talking about needing a break from obligations. I came here, I had no obligations and I put myself first finally in my life. And I know how to do this now because I know how to put myself first and to take care of myself. And I know how to live fearlessly and be out there because there isn't any safety. There's this, this false myth that, every, that, that we're trying to find safety and it's true, there's no safety, especially if you wanna live an expanded life. There's no safety. You've got to step out. So I'm recognizing as a teacher, and I'll share more of these stories as I go on, that it's so important that you engage every aspect of your life. We can't experience life if we're sitting back in our houses waiting for something to change on the outside or even on the inside. Because the work, you need the tools, techniques, and support system for sure. But, and that's what I feel like Next Level Living does or good therapists do or good coaches if you can find them, right? And then you go out the door and you go and you live your life and you have an experience, an uncomfortable experience. You know what to do so you don't retract for 10 years like I did. I'm going to hide away for 10 years. And I can tell you this, that like, there's this energy running through me, this, this innovation, this creation, this excitement, this expansion. And I'm like, so I said to a friend of mine, my heart is open and I am not shutting it down. And she's like, isn't that the work? Isn't that the truth? And she's happily married. So I know she wasn't talking about romance. And I, and I was like, wait, she's right. Creative, um, creative, create, creative projects. Want to teach that class. Want to go travel someplace. All these things are asking us to lead with our heart and not shut it down. You have to lead with your heart and you have to trust that you're going to be there for yourself, that you've done the work, that you're going to take care of yourself. So this has been like such an incredible experience for me because I'm showing up for myself and I'm proud of myself and I'm ready and I'm ready for all avenues of my life to open up. And I'm ready because I was thinking about successful people when she said that. And I said, yeah, successful people just continue to take risks. They know they have to lead with their heart. They know that there's going to be no's and they know there's going to be disappointments and they know they're going to hit their, they're going to fall flat on their face, but they're constantly leading with their heart. You have to lead your life with your heart. So I was really saying, I was talking to my assistant and I said, something's shifting next level living as much as we're bringing some business aspects into it. It's not only about business for me. It's about living a very full life, especially for those of us in our 50s, but also for, because you could be in your 20s, 30s, and 40s and have this experience where you feel like you shut down and you're opening up and you're ready to live a full life and you're done with, with tucking yourself away. And I was like, this next level living supports that because it teaches you how to use your intuition, how to work with unconscious dreaming and conscious dreaming and soul dimensions and living out in a whole other world, but bridging it and bringing it into the physical. You've got to know how to get into, be in your physical body. I started running again. I'm a big runner. I was a big runner for very many, many, many years. That's why I took up yoga because my hips were bothering me. So I became a big yogi and a big runner. I wasn't running as much. And now I'm running again because it's a whole different energy for me. I love running. Like <laughs> you have to, get into your physical body. And the thing about running for me, running is a meditation. 
running creates a lot of this energy that I have going through my body. I would have on runs running would do for me. And I was like, wow, it's the same energy. And the one thing my therapist said to me, she said, this is your energy to have just because these dynamics are happening with people and this, these, um, they're turning on little lights in me. This is your energy. It doesn't belong to them. And I'm like, so true because I could, it's either this or something better for my highest good. And she's been saying to me, what do you have faith in? And I'm creating this new relationship with my, what God is to me. And I have faith that it's either this or something better for my highest good coming to me now. And it's allowing me to have the courage to live my life fully. And my life is not over. It's just beginning. So I encourage those of you who've been maybe hiding away for quite some time in romance or in business to get out there, to find a supportive community. If you're interested in Next Level Living, definitely go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next. We have an overview of the program. You can email me at care at marilynaloria.com and I can send you the overview of the program so you can get a feel for it. You, you can't come into the program without getting on a call with me for at least 20 minutes. I want to make sure it's the right thing for you. I don't want you investing in something if it's not the right time for you. I want to make, I'm very invested in the people that study with me. And I want to make sure that you're invested too. You're going to be scared no matter what, when you enter something new, but I want to make sure it's the right thing. We just had somebody join um, last week who I've known for a while. And she was like, it's time. And I'm like, yeah, it's your time. I can feel it. I'm so excited to get to know you on this level. So you can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next, or email me at care at marilynaloria.com. Bottom line is lead with your heart. Learn how to use in conjunction your heart and your intelligence and your intuition. Like it's more than conjunction, it's together. Because as I can tell you, oh, so I didn't tell you this story. <laughs> this is a little longer than I wanted it to be. Sometimes it takes me, if I don't know what I'm going to talk about, and I just turn on the video and I'm like, I'm just going to talk. And sometimes I'm sorry about that, guys. You see me fumbling. So I was on the tennis court. And um, if I miss a shot, I curse sometimes. And I'm really working on not doing that. And I'll tell you why. So hiking guy, let's just call him annoying hiking guy. And I'm on the tennis court and we're partners. And I missed a shot and I went, fuck me. And he's like, is that an invitation? And I turned around and I was like, no, it's not. And most people may be appalled at that kind of behavior. For me, this guy's probably like 20 years older than me. I know, I'm not saying it's right. I know he probably comes from the generation of sexual harassment was done every single day in every way. I, I grew up with so many men that I'm not offended. I don't get offended because I could take care of myself. So I'm not one of these, I'm not saying it's right or proper. And if it offends you, you should take care of yourself. But here I am, I feel safe. I would literally be able to beat him up. So it's not a problem. Not that I would ever go there. And I wasn't upset because I was like, oh, I got to stop cursing because this is teaching me something. And I'm also inviting in a better, better type of men, you know, a, a different type of guy. And I don't need to have that toughness anymore on the court. Like something is shifting big time. And that's a whole other story. I'll have to go into it, but not now. So he, he double faulted like twice after that because he was in his head. He could tell that what he said was wrong. And, and I, I didn't say anything. I didn't even care. Um, so the point of this story is, I got sidetracked, lead with your heart, be courageous, know that you have your own back, be there for yourself. You are the safety. 
Know what you have faith in. Build what you have faith in. Use your intelligence, your intuition in my heart. That's where I was going. So in that moment, you know, my intuitive nature was like, oh, I don't really want to present myself this way anymore. My heart was compassion for all people involved, didn't care. And intelligence was like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Like he was following me around like a little puppy the other week. And I went up to one of the women that play on this thing, a grade two. We all have very strong personalities and get along great. And I was talking to one of the women. I was like, just talk to me because he's going to follow me out of the park and ask me out again. I just have to tell him. I did tell him no, but I'm going to have to be definitive and just say, this is never happening. This isn't about him. This is about me standing in the power of who I am as a woman and being, uh, being okay with saying, you know, no, like I grew up in a different generation. You know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties and it was different. It was different. Like we were talking, my MTV friends, they were sharing something on a post and they were writing with one, one of our bosses, something he said. And I just let, I was like, LOL, hysterical. And if that was said today, he would be like sued. And we totally know that it was hilarious. So there was a different energy back then, right? And I am not taking away what, what women and men have gone through. I don't think we put enough attention on what men have gone through in sexual harassment. That is not this conversation. I am not having this conversation with you because I'm not an expert in this field to have this conversation. But what I'm saying is a lot in one podcast that I may pull. We'll see if this gets produced. Um, know yourself, have your back know how to take care of yourself, know who to go to. I knew to like stand next to that woman that day. You know, we, we all talk about it because he's, he's a little bit of a problem, this guy. Um, so we have each other's back. He's really not, you know, it's just, we're not going to put up with it and use your intuition, lead with your heart, open up the door to your life, open up the door to your life and walk through it. And be in, like I said, with the watermelon, the juiciness, the deliciousness, the, the incredible energy and the dripping of the mess going down your face and the be in the messiness and find the glory in it because it is so worth living. Your life isn't over. I can't tell you how many times I get into conversations with people on my Facebook. I, I'm very active on my personal page and it's kind of like a community, whether you follow me or your friends, people uh, comment on the post a lot. And I get into these conversations with people like your life isn't over. Stop it. Stop. I want to live every day as a new beginning. I want to live every day, taking care of my health, taking care of my, my heart, my soul, responding to it. Now, some days are going to be better than others, but I'm committed to it. So Micah gave me the biggest gift and I wrote it on a Facebook post about everybody was, you know, I, I put a quick post up that he passed like a, a week after he passed. I couldn't comment. I had like 200 comments. I don't even know how many, I just couldn't respond. I, I was so heartbroken. I'm still heartbroken over him, you know, to some degree. I just saw a little dog, a shepherd with those eyes, his eyes. And I was like, Oh, and, um, so I wrote another post about how they all were healing me by giving me love and I was receiving it. And that was Micah. I said, that's Micah. Micah busted open my heart. And in his leaving, he refused to let me shut it down. And I refused to shut it down. And I want you to refuse to shut it down. 
I want you to lead with an open heart. Um, there's pain, there's hurt, but there's also, remember my ex-boyfriend's brother was very close to him and he went on a retreat and he said they all had to write down a very difficult moment in their life. And the priest, I think it was a Catholic retreat, asked him, what do you remember most about that moment? And what they all remembered was the kindness, the love that they got, the support that they got. And in those, I don't want people inviting difficult moments in in order to have that experience. I want people to have that experience all the time. Invite those experiences in. Be like what I've been told now is to be in my softness, to be in my feminine energy, to be in the receiving energy. And I'm safe here because I have my own back. I take care of myself. That guy on the tennis court is such a pawn in this whole experience of my life. And I could see it in that moment. Like, have I been part of sexual harassment that has pissed me off? Yes. And I didn't feel powerless. I didn't feel something was taken from me. Instead, I was able to stand in the power of who I am. I have my back. I, I am safe with me. So there was a lot of messages in that. And take what works for you and run with it. And again, if you want to work with me, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next. That's my only live program. Or um, email us at care at marilynaloria.com. And I can send you the overview of the program, which details it a little bit more. Um, most importantly, be you, lead with your heart, live your best life. It's not over and enjoy it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really working on getting my podcast out there more. This is me asking you from my feminine side to do something for me. So I'd really love it if you could rate, review, subscribe if you haven't subscribed and also share it, share it with people. Um, that you think would benefit from these stories. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. Bye.